Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Jasmine, for another beautiful, beautiful song. Thank you. I actually have never heard that song before. It's new to me, but absolutely beautiful. So thank you. Well, welcome to all of you who have joined us online. I do also want to say happy birthday to Rupert Williams, who will be celebrating his birthday on May 22nd. So happy birthday to you, Brother Rupert. That's right. And his beautiful daughter, Olivia, is uh, helping to lead worship this morning. And so you will uh, see her on stage a little later as well. So now that Pastor Nick has told us that Cindy has gotten the most views, I'm not sure I should even bother, right? <laughs> but, but Cindy said she'll watch, so hopefully you will as well. So thank you for joining us. If you have your Bibles, would you turn to Acts chapter 16? And the pressure's on to do as well as Cindy now. So. <laughs> Acts chapter 16, starting from verse 16, and we'll read verses 16 to 24. And those of you who are here in the sanctuary, if you are able to, would you stand as we read God's word? Acts chapter 16, starting from verse 16. It says this, One day, as we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the most high God and they have come to tell you how to be saved. This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her and instantly it left her. Her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered, so they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. The whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews, they shouted to the city officials. They are teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape, so the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, indeed, we thank you for this day that we can worship online, and we pray, Lord, that you would open up our hearts and our minds to hear from you, and we pray indeed, God, that your Holy Spirit would speak, would move, and would have its way. And so we commit this time into your hands, and we ask for you to speak. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Feel free to be seated. Paul and Silas were headed to pray. They were on their way, and they encountered this slave girl. This girl who had a spirit, the scripture tells us, that enabled her to be able to tell the future. This girl's fortune-telling ability came from evil spirits. Fortune-telling was a common practice in Greek and Roman culture. There were so many superstitions that were methods by which people thought they could foretell future events. 
from interpreting omens in nature to communicating with dead spirits. The scripture doesn't tell us in detail how or why this girl got this spirit and what it was doing within her, but the fact is that she had this spirit within her. You see, it's interesting that many people don't believe in evil spirits. Many people just feel like they're made up so that we would do good things or to convince people to be good. However, the Bible clearly indicates over and over about the presence of evil spirits around us in everyday life. Scripture tells us and tells us different accounts of even when Jesus encountered these evil spirits in his ministry. And the first lesson that we can learn today from Paul and Silas is that evil spirits are real and we need to beware of them. Evil spirits are real. They're sometimes referred to as unclean spirits, fallen angels, demons, different names they're referred to in scripture. But what these are are essentially spiritual beings who have turned against God and rebelled against him with the devil. There are many accounts that we read of in scripture about these evil spirits and the things that they try to do to keep us from a relationship with God. You see, we live in a physical world that we can see and touch. But what sometimes people don't realize is that there is a spiritual world that although is invisible to us, is just as real and more so than our physical world. And too many people can get caught up with wanting to know what's going to happen in the future. What's going to happen to me or should I do this or should I do that? And so they turn to people who tell them that they're able to tell the future. They consult these cards and they consult all these different methods to try to tell them what's going to happen or if things are going to work out in their favor. As I think about this, I think to myself, do you realize that there probably is a reason that God doesn't let us know everything that's going to happen all at once? Think about it. If you knew the date that you were going to get sick, if you knew that you were going to get into a car accident or eventually you would lose your job or the, even the date that you would pass away or your loved one would pass away, I believe that we would be so worried and living in fear and concerned about trying to change things that we would forget about living now the life that God has blessed us with, enjoying the things that he has given us and trusting him to work all things out in the future. God doesn't want us to be so concerned with all that's going to happen because he already knows He's already there, and he wants us to trust him. In fact, God warns us in Scripture to stay away from things that welcome evil into our lives. Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 10 to 13 says this, And do not let, people, do not let your people practice fortune-telling, or use sorcery, or interpret omens, or engage in witchcraft, or cast spells, or function as mediums or psychics, or call forth the spirits of the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. 
It is because the other nations have done these detestable things that I, the Lord your God, will drive them out ahead of you. But you must be blameless before the Lord your God. When we engage in these practices, understand that you are opening up a spiritual door for unwanted and unwelcome spirits to enter in. God tells us clearly to stay away from these things. Do not engage in them and do not tap into the spiritual realm that we don't fully understand. It may seem harmless, but these open up the doors to these spiritual beings coming in and not only coming into our lives, but attaching themselves to us spiritually. Leviticus chapter 19 verse 31 tells us, do not defile yourselves by turning to mediums or to those who consult the spirits of the dead. I am the Lord your God. Isaiah chapter, not, chapter 8 verse 19 says, someone may say to you, let's ask the mediums and those who consult the spirits of the dead. With their whisperings and mutterings, they will tell us what to do. But shouldn't people ask God for guidance? You see, sometimes we can be so caught up in asking for guidance from our loved ones who have passed on. But God wants us to consult him, to look to him, to trust him, to ask him, to communicate with him. Amen. Did you know that believing in horoscopes and trusting in horoscopes is actually looking to the stars, the moon, and the sun, and the alignment of all these things to predict what's going to happen with you? When we trust in horoscopes, we're trusting in nature. Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 19 says, And when you look up to the sky and see the sun, moon, and stars, all the forces of heaven, don't be seduced into worshiping them. The Lord your God gave them to all the people of the earth. Don't worship the sun, moon, and stars. Worship the one who created them. Worship him because he knows our future. God is able to help us, and we need to beware of these evil spirits. Stay away from anything that invites them and welcomes them in. Stay away from psychics, fortune tellers, Ouija boards, tarot cards, palm reading. All of those things are things that are not of God. We need to trust in him and to beware of those things that may come against us and try to turn us away from him. Amen? Amen. Amen. So this young girl had an evil spirit, and she made her masters rich by interpreting signs and telling people their fortunes. Their masters were exploiting her unfortunate situation, her unfortunate condition for their personal gain. Verse 16, the second part of it, says she earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. This is a lesson to us, number two, don't take advantage of someone else's misfortune or try to profit from a devastating situation. Don't take advantage of something that has happened to someone, something unfortunate that has happened in their life or in their country or in their situation. Don't take advantage. Don't try to profit and get rich because of what has happened. It is extremely evident that this girl needed help. 
She needed help, but instead of getting help, she was being taken advantage of. Instead of helping her, these men were exploiting her to make themselves rich. We need to be careful not to take advantage of a misfortunate or devastating situation where we can try to profit from. So you may be thinking, what am I talking about? I don't know, I've never done that. Well, here's an example of this point here. When COVID-19 first started and it spread into Canada and the United States, there was an extreme shortage or lack of hand sanitizer, disinfectant wipes, and for some odd, strange reason, toilet paper. You remember that? Well, before COVID, you could buy a little bottle of hand sanitizer for probably about a dollar, right? You could buy that. There was, they were readily available and whatnot. But the unfortunate thing is that there were some people during this pandemic who realized that this was something that was needed, that people needed this and they were willing to pay big bucks for it. And what they did was they went into stores, bought all that they could for a dollar or whatever it was, and then tried to sell it back to people online or wherever they did out of their garage for almost 10 times the price. What they were trying to do was to benefit and to make a profit because of a devastating situation. And we are to stay away from that, not to try to profit and to benefit from all those things. And there are many times in life where people try to do that. And it's important for us, especially as Christians, to not benefit and try to profit from someone else's misfortune or a devastating situation, but to try to be a help and a blessing, to show compassion and love. Don't be a person who takes advantage of other people, but try to help as much as you can. Amen? So verses 17 and 18 go on to tell us that she followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God, and they have come to tell you how to be saved. This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her, and instantly it left her. You see, what the slave girl was saying to the people about Paul and Silas was true. The message that she was giving about them and who they were and what they had come to do was absolutely correct. But the problem was the source of knowledge was from a demon. The source of knowledge was not from God. And so you may ask, why did the demon announce this truth about Paul and why did it annoy him? Well, if Paul accepted the demon's words, then he would appear to be linking the good news of Christ with demon-related activities. This would damage his message about Christ because truth and evil do not mix. Paul commands the demon to come out of the girl. He commands it in the name of Jesus Christ. And the scripture tells us instantly it left her. The third lesson that we can learn is to remember that there is power and authority in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. There is power and authority in his name. 
Paul had no power and no authority in and of himself. He had no power and authority. The power and the authority that he had to perform that kind of miracle was through Jesus Christ. We have no power and no authority of our own. But Jesus gives us that power in his name. He was able to set this girl free, a girl who once lived in bondage because of her situation, was now set free because of the power of Jesus Christ. Do you realize the kind of power and authority that's in the name of Jesus? the kind of power and authority that his name carries. There is healing in the name of Jesus. There is forgiveness in the name of Jesus. There is salvation in the name of Jesus. There is hope in his name. There is freedom in his name. There is power in his name. That's why God says, don't take my name in vain because it's power. Don't use my name in vain because it's holy. There is power when we call on the name of Jesus. Amen. What are you going through right now that you need to be reminded of? That there is power in the name of Jesus. That you need to call on his name and understand that he is still able. Maybe for you, that's calling on his name and trusting for his healing. Maybe it's for a new job or for direction in your life. Maybe it's hope in finding a spouse or the Lord opening up your womb. Maybe it's help to break an addiction that you've been struggling with so long. Maybe it's victory over anger or over depression. Maybe it's salvation for your family members and loved ones. Whatever your situation may be, remember that there is power and authority in the name of Jesus Christ. There is no other name like it. It is the only one by which we must be saved in the name of Jesus. After commanding the evil spirit to leave the girl, verse 19 explains her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered. So they grab Paul and Silas and drag them before the authorities at the marketplace. The men who were masters to this slave girl were furious. They felt no joy that she was now freed and restored, but only fury that their source of revenue was gone. So in anger, they drag Paul and Silas before the authorities, the city officials in the marketplace, with so many people around and the crowds moving in to see what was happening. And not only did they drag them, but they began to make false accusations about them and things that they were doing. In verse 21, it says, they are teaching customs that are illegal for Romans to practice. And this brings us to our fourth point, our fourth lesson, is to be careful not to do or say something out of anger that you will later regret and suffer many long-term consequences for. 
Be careful not to act out of anger because often when we act out of anger, we end up doing things that we will later regret and then end up suffering consequences for. Do you understand? There are things that we need to calm down before we do and before we say. William Barclay, a Bible commentator, writes, faced with the loss of this slave girl's fortune-telling ability, the Philippian entrepreneurs were furious. Never mind that Paul and Silas were speaking eternal truths. Never mind that the poor slave girl had been delivered from an awful existence. These men could only care about their economic loss. When people care more about their own economic well-being than the glory of God and the salvation of lost souls, it is a clear sign of idolatry, greed, and worldliness. These false accusations that these masters brought against Paul and Silas resulted in these men being stripped, beaten, and then thrown in jail, all because they tried to do what was right in helping this young girl. The masters acted out of anger, causing unnecessary problems for Paul and Silas. They gave false testimony, and one of the commandments that God gives us is not to give false testimony against your neighbor. And sometimes we don't realize that in making a false accusation against someone or accusing them of something out of anger or testifying to something we're not really sure happened can cause many long-term problems. It can cause many, many long-term consequences for everyone involved. And it can lead to long legal battles and court cases it can lead to hundreds, if not thousands of dollars spent or in debt. It can cause you to have a criminal record or the loss of your job. You're, you can be expelled from school or your reputation ruined. It can cause families to be broken and marriages to be ended. You see, when we choose to act out of anger, to make false accusations or accuse people of certain things because we're angry with them or because we didn't get our way or because we're upset that they got something that we didn't, it can cause more problems than we realize. And it's important for us not to act out of anger, not to do things when we are upset, but Think about it. Cool down. Take your time because often we will later realize that we maybe overacted, overreacted. We maybe shouldn't have said what we said in our anger. And so it's important for us to wait for that to subside before acting. Anger is a dangerous thing if not controlled. If you struggle with controlling your anger, if you struggle with controlling your temper, then I seriously want to ask you to pray, to ask the Lord to help you, to seek counsel, to seek a, a, a counselor who will help you to get your anger under control. If you are dating someone who is angry and who shows signs of anger, then be aware that this is not going to change overnight, that this is something that will continue on. You need to be aware of your anger and to control it. James chapter 1, 
verses 19 and 20, says, understand this, my brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. Proverbs 14, 29 says, people with understanding control their anger. A hot temper shows great foolishness. One of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. Did you know that you can control yourself, Anthony, more than you think? Griselda, did you know that you can control yourself more than you think? Did you know that? We can control ourselves more than we think. Here's an example. If you are angry, okay? If you're angry at your spouse or your children or, you know, someone else maybe in your household, and you may be in a situation where you're yelling and screaming and upset and just angry, and the phone rings or someone comes to the door, right? Isn't it amazing how quickly we can change from yelling and being so angry to, hi, Pastor Lisa, how are you doing, <laughs> right? We can control ourselves more than we think. That means that you can control yourself when someone cuts you off in traffic, when someone takes the parking spot that you were waiting patiently for, when someone steps in front of you in the checkout line and you were standing there first, when someone messes up your food order and doesn't get it right, when it takes too long for the person to bring out your curbside pickup order, you can control your anger more than you think. Amen. Amen. A man was being tailgated by a woman who was in a hurry in traffic. As he approached the intersection, he noticed that the light had changed to yellow, so he slowed down and came to a stop. The woman behind him began to go ballistic. She was angry. She was in a rush, and how dare he slow down and not go through the intersection? So during her time stop, she honked her horn, she yelled out the window, yelling profanity, and using unnecessary movements and gestures. Well, during her rant, she noticed that someone was tapping on her window. As she looked up, she was surprised to see a police officer standing there. She rolled down her window, and before she could say anything, the police officer asked her to step out of the vehicle, and there he escorted her to the police station. She went to the station. She was searched, fingerprinted, and put into a cell. That's right. After a couple of hours, the lady was told that she was being released, and she was free to go. The arresting officer came over to give her her personal belongings and said, Ma'am, I am deeply sorry and I need to apologize to you. You see, when I came up behind your vehicle in traffic, I noticed the What Would Jesus Do bumper sticker, the Follow Me to Sunday School window sign, and the Christian fish emblem on your trunk. So naturally, I assumed that you had stolen this vehicle. 
You see, not only can our anger cause us to get ourselves in trouble, but it can cause us to be a bad witness for Christ. We need to ask ourselves, am I living a life that is pleasing to God? Are my words, are my actions, is my lifestyle pleasing? And is it a witness to him? Benjamin Franklin once said, whatever is begun in anger ends in shame. You see, when we act out of anger, we often do and say things that we will later regret. May we be slow to speak, slow to listen, and quick to listen, and slow to anger. Amen? So the men acted out of anger, causing many problems and long-term consequences. But what was interesting was the fact that after bringing Paul and Silas before the authorities, there was no fair trial or there was no even way for them to, opportunity for them to explain themselves and give their side of the story and explain what happened. They were simply punished right away because of the accusation that was made. It was the people who were in a position of authority, those who were in the position of authority who were called the city officials, the authorities, who caused Paul and Silas to receive this kind of punishment, to be stripped, beaten, and thrown in jail. And they were the ones who had the power to do this or not to do this. And instead of following the right procedures and making sure that this was accurate, the accusations that were brought against them, they simply took the word of the masters and they threw them in prison because they also felt pressured by the mob. Here's a fifth truth for us and lesson that we can learn is when you are in a position of authority, treat those under your authority fairly and equally. When you are in a position of authority, when you have the ability to make certain decisions and to tell certain people what to do, it is important that we treat those under us fairly and equally. The city officials were the one who had the authority to throw Paul and Silas in prison, and they used their authority. However, they did not treat them fairly and equally the way that they should have. This is a reminder to us that whenever we are in a position over others, whether you are a boss or an employer, if you are a manager or a supervisor, a parent, a teacher, a coach, a business owner, a police officer, whenever you are in a position of authority over someone else or over other people, treat people fairly and equally without showing favoritism or favoring others or discriminating against others. The bottom line is that whenever we have the power, the authority, or the privilege, that we need to make sure that we don't take advantage of it. We need to show equal opportunity to each one to treat those fairly and equally. There are many lessons that we can learn from Paul and Silas, and I've shared some of them with you. Number one, evil spirits are real, and we need to beware of them. Don't take advantage of someone else's misfortune or try to profit from a devastating situation. 
Number three, remember that there is power and authority in the name of Jesus Christ. Be careful not to do or say something out of anger that you will later regret and suffer many long-term consequences for. And number five, when you are in a position of authority, treat those under your authority fairly and equally. There are so many lessons we can learn, and in two weeks, we'll look at part two of this passage of scripture and get into some more lessons. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for the things that we can learn from your scripture. And we pray that God, indeed, you would help us Help us to be aware of the things that surround us, to cling to you, God, and to seek you, to want to communicate with you and to trust you for our future and for all that we need. Lord, we pray that you would help us in every area of our life to do the right thing, to not take advantage of other people, but to help them and to show compassion when we can. Lord, we thank you that there is power and authority in your name. And we pray that you would continue to remind us that, that you are all powerful and that you are still in control, even in the midst of the chaos in our life. And Father, we pray that you would help us to be people who control ourselves, to control our temper, to control our anger, to control our words and our body and, and all that we are, so that we can live lives that are holy and pleasing to you. Help us, Lord, to treat others equally, fairly, to not show favoritism, God, or not discriminate against others, but to know that we are all equal and loved in your sight. And so we thank you for this opportunity to hear your word, to study your word together, and we pray that you would help us in everything that we 